Ladies and gentlemen, this is your places call. All right, everybody, back to one. Standby lights one and sound one. Camera speeding. Audio speeding. Lights and sound. Go. And action. Good morning, afternoon, evening, everybody. Hello, hello, <laughs> hello. Welcome back to Pretend Worlds World People. What's up, everyone? It's been a it's been a minute. We're we're uh what we did Kurt you did Kurt two weeks ago and yes. we did our 50th two weeks before that. We're you know it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. We're good. I'm you know, I'm working, you're working, I'm about to move. It's it is what it is. <laughs> we're we're in a period of transition, but we are still hammering forward instead of you yes. know waiting like a yes. month to do to do an episode right. uh where where what's where were you where are you moving there stuff? well remember i mean maybe we should tell people in case they forgot or this is somehow their first episode that my name is stephanie is it your name is frank charles oh, shit, that's true god i hate my name Raymond you can Hull. call me FC, FC for short. <laughs> uh, uh, and I am Tyler, for those of you who are just tuning in for the first time, welcome to our podcast, Pretend World's Real People. Uh, this yeah. is our podcast about arts workers for arts workers by arts workers. That's wow. right. I pulled that off. You did that. That's actually a pretty good tagline. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, we've been doing this for about a year. And, and so I think we're, it's okay. We're in a we're in a place where we're allowed to be a little bit behind, uh, or or not as. No, it's like balls. What's the word? Um, <laughs> consistent. Prolific. Prolific. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we. I think we've got another couple of years before we hit that stride. Right. But yeah, uh, I I feel like we're. Let me talk about this. Um, you know, the last couple of episodes, but just we're, we're in a good spot to just kind of grind it out. And we're trying to find more people, but people are busy and working, mm -hmm. which is, which is awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but that's okay. Because you know what, this week's episode does make up for maybe not having an episode last week. Um, because it's a long one guys, it's a bit of a long one, but it's okay. How long was it? It was soup. It's going to be about an hour 45. Ooh, oh my God. That's our longest. <laughs> uh, so it's our longest. But you know what? It's because we had so much fun talking with um, our two guests um, who we reached out, or actually, sorry, they reached out to us yeah. um, and, and said that they'd love to be on the show. And um, we talked about uh, what they do, the movie they made, Dungeons and Dragons. Um, <laughs> just so many different things um so yeah so dale raven and kieran ryan um are two of the three um co-directors and creators of pale raven pictures which is a uh, film company based in the uk mm -hmm. um and they uh spend most of their time talking to us about their movie mirlan um which is got a really cool concept, a fun fantasy film. And uh, yeah, they were great to talk to. So do you have anything to add, Tyler, before we shoot over to the interview? No, I uh, just want to say, I mean, the time didn't feel like it was an hour. Well, it was about probably two hours before edits, but uh, it was just a lot of fun hearing them talk yeah. about their love for this and 
that uh, like most of us, we fall into whatever creative outlet we're going into. And we could have a project where it's just, that's all we think about and it's not a bad thing. So I'm really excited to, to be a part of this interview and have everybody check it out. Yeah. So uh, please enjoy. Dale and Kieran, thank you for being on our show. We're so excited to have you. Um, I like Kieran just waved, even though there's no video. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. I got a wave. I like how we, li- we literally asked. Like, we literally, like, this isn't being recorded, is it? Oh, yeah, is it fine? So, what do we both immediately do? Wave. They say hello, guys. <laughs> um, tell us about yourselves, who you are, what you do, why you're here. Oh, here we go. Kieran, do you want to go first? <laughs> why am I here? I wake up every morning with that question. Um, yeah, so, yeah, that's it. No, um, yeah, so I've I've been working with Dale since we left college. We went to college together, which is like the younger college in the UK. So that's like what you do when you're 16 to 18 uh, for Got a couple it. of years. And we both studied acting. And... Uh, that was really cool. We learned some great stuff. And then we came out of that and we were like, right, we're actors now. Uh, and apparently it's not quite that easy uh, <laughs> to just, you know, get all the acting jobs that we want. Uh, so we decided to make a film. This is genuinely the reason. I had yeah. pretty much no experience in making films, but we decided that was what we were going to do to promote our amazing acting career uh, that was inevitable. And... Um, we yeah we had no idea what we were doing so we just like messaged some people I think Dale had like met this guy uh, Carl who's still our DOP editor he basically does the work um, and he's the wizard as we like to call him the wizard <laughs> yeah. and the rock the he wizard makes everything take over um, yeah and Dale had met him before like doing a film in some kind of module at uh, college and then met up for a coffee and was like hey we want to make a film uh you've done a uni course making films you know what you're doing come and do all of this work with and for some reason he was like okay um so we made this project in like 2015 Mm. um that was a fantasy that we called a short film because it was only an hour long like in hindsight that isn't what a short film is at all. That's like a feature. Uh, but to us, we were like, yeah, this is a short, right? Um, we were like, it, the script was 45 pages and we'd like, <laughs> fair enough. Like, we were just like, yeah, okay, let's just, that's fine. That'll be about, yeah, about half an hour. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> fair. We, you know, we just kind of roughly estimated. And then, yeah, and then basically it was, I mean, it's, it's a cool idea, but it was roughly like a few fight scenes that were strung together with meeting lots of characters uh, and some kind of plot. It basically had the same narrative arc of like a and d campaign rather mm. than a film. Um, but that was fine at the time. And then obviously, you know, we've come out of that, discovered the stuff that we like doing. Uh, I ended up really liking the kind of directing side of it. We both love writing it. We both wrote it. So we've gone on to write more stuff since then. Uh, and Dale has continued being an actor and I've kind of sidestepped that and just gone to like tell actors what to do uh, yeah. and pretend that I've got this <laughs> massive experience of knowledge like oh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I read this book uh, so but yeah, basically we yeah. kind of just decided that instead of 
like coming out of like all jokes aside, it's like we kind of came out of college and we're like, right, okay, well, the opportunities, we didn't exactly know how to gain those opportunities, especially like being in Sheffield as a city. It's like, it's a big theatre city. Um, I mean, everybody's talking about Jamie is a big thing that's um old thing about at the minute. That's set in Sheffield. Um, you've got like um, This Is England, if you're familiar with anything like that. All these like warp films are all based in Sheffield and things like that. Uh, we've got two major theatres and like four little theatres that just kind of knock around and they're all amazing, but we didn't really know how to gain those opportunities or those experience in these different fields. We just come from college and we're just like, right, yeah, cool, go and be an actor. And then we decided that the opportunities weren't going to come to us. So we kind of had to bring those opportunities to ourselves. And that's kind of when we set up Pale Raven as a, as a company, a lot like a, a group of people, the whole point was to be kind of almost a, a way for getting younger talent and unexperienced actors a way to get a little bit of showreel material, but also do things that weren't your classic. They spend a night in a graveyard and what could happen and five, five minute horror shorts and all this sort of stuff that we've all seen plenty of rinse and repeats of. And we were like, right, okay, well, we want to do something that's kind of bigger. And we were like, right, okay, well, we both love fantasy. And we'd toyed with this idea of a story. I'd got loose ideas about it. And Kieran was the dungeon master in our D&D campaign that we still play to this day. So who are you going to team up to, with to write this idea? Probably your DM is probably a good person to have on your side. <laughs> and, and we just kind of randomly started like, like putting some ideas together and we, and we came up with a, we thought we had a, a decent story and it's like, that was the first thing we did. And then we started going from there and went, okay, well, we'll try something new. We'll do something a little bit different. We put, tried a couple of short things. We did a post-apocalyptic, essentially silent film that Kieran wrote and directed and I starred in it and Carl filmed it and edited it. And we were just a little trio that just went out and did stuff. Um, we shot music videos and came second in a competition called Two Weeks to Make It, which was, it's run by the South Yorkshire Filmmakers Network. And it's almost like a competition where you are, you have a film company and a bag, like, essentially like a bag of film companies in like names in a hat and a load of bands or artists or something like that. And then you pick one out and get paired with this film company. And we got um, picked with a, I think what, it's like a 20 piece brass band called Holy tin crap. soldiers yeah and we were like okay so what what, what are we gonna do here it was like, it was okay. like a total wild card honestly yeah. everyone else just sorry to but everyone else on that competition was like singer songwriter four-piece band like mm. rock literally the only one and it was this massive like swing band mm. and but yeah go on sorry what you... so we, and so we we're like, okay, so we had a, we went to land as British people do. So what did we do after that? Right, we found out who our people are. So right, cool. There's a pub over there. Let's go to the pub. And have a beer <laughs> so that's what we do. So went to the pub, had a chat about it, and we were kind of like, they wanted some kind of like speakeasy swing jazz sort of vibe, and we were like, yeah, okay, we could probably do something with that. Um, but we were adamant that pretty much anything we make has to be story driven. We're, all, we're massive about stories and telling stories. And that's why we kind of got into this. So we were like, okay, so we might have to throw something in there. We'll create a story element. And somebody was like, oh yeah, I really like the idea of being a bit gangster-esque. And they were like, yeah, yeah, we can play with that. 
and we were sat in Starbucks uh, having a coffee like a couple of days later. And we were just like, I don't, I, I genuinely don't know what to do. I, I, we've got two weeks to write, produce, make it, edit it, submit it to the competition. That was it um, to get for everything. And we're like, right, okay, so what do we do? And we were just sat there going, okay, well, do we want to be serious or do we want to be funny? And we're like, we don't, we don't really do, we hadn't really done funny as, as a team before at this point. We're like, okay, well, let's do, so basically we decided to base the entire storyline of this thing that happens is three gangsters walk into a bar, but it's literally the English, Irishman, Scotsman walk into a bar and it plays out this entire joke just throughout, for, completely throughout, for our basic amusement, just because we thought it was funny. It's like, okay, so we'll try this out. And we did that kind of stuff. And we came second. That's and awesome. It was just like, and I remember we, uh, the people we'd brought, our friends that came to support us in the thing, because we were just, we were good. If anything, we were going to win like the audience votes. It was funny. That yeah. was the, what we were kind of aiming for, top level. But yeah, we got the runners up for it. And our friends had to tell us to stand up because we were <laughs> like, hang on. Like, is it? <laughs> I'm not sure I heard that right. And there's, oh, right, yeah. And we still, and we just, nothing prepared and just like, it's tough and say, okay, I've got, who, what do we do now? It's like, never won an award in my life. So it's like, let alone to get up and have to stand up and talk to people. But after that, we just kind of decided that we could probably do something with this. I think that gave us a little bit of a, a boost to kind of say, well, I mean, we've both worked in like the hospitality industry and stuff like that. And it's like, I've been, I've been a, bartender for nearly 10 years just trying to make everything kind of work out and stuff like that and Kieran's done it Kieran's managed a cafe and all this sort of stuff and but now and then Kieran took the thing of going back to uni I went to uni quite early on uh, I took a year out after the college course had finished and then I was like right okay so I'm gonna and then I consider myself the most qualified actor on the planet because I've signed on uh, welfare for you guys or the doll <laughs> as we colloquially call it um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I've signed on the doll. I've um, been a waiter and I've been a bartender. I don't think, I think that's it. I think that's yeah, in the trifecta. Those are all the qualifications. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we just, we decided like, let's do something with it. Let's actually go ahead with it. And that's when the project we've just um, started on kind of was, I think that was when it kind of like the, the the seed was planted i think at that point we knew we wanted to do something bigger and we and then this is where Merlin came along which has just been finished and it was oh what this is like it was the, it was a step up wasn't it <laughs> yeah that was a lot that was a lot of new stuff mm, but there you go that's that's a, a brief outline and that was very drawn out <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. That's what we like. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, how did you know? You, I was reading through the email again, and you know, the current film you're you are just wrapping up, man. You guys filmed this during uh, COVID last year, right? Yeah. And probably a little bit of this year. How was that? Because yeah. you were on lockdown for the most part. So, what was what were the logistics of that? Now, I'm very <laughs> curious about how you managed to pull that off. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> first. Just so you know, we weren't filming when we were locked down. Yeah. We, did, we were really cool about it. Okay, good. Like, we, 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 we stuck by literally every rule. And it's one thing yeah. that when we when I, when I we emailed and we were saying about like, oh, is there any specific things you wanted to talk about or anything like that? Um, and you were like, oh, so yeah, like 
how there's the thing that we like to see how people with how have people have done in COVID. And it's actually like we couldn't have done this without it, to be honest. Mm. Like we I like to consider us kind of the the fairy tale of of being able to do this kind of stuff in COVID, where it's like we we actually got to be able to we wouldn't have we thrived rather than um were stopped in our tracks. Um but we um a lot of online and just luckily so with the way that our restrictions were we were able to have what you call like a support bubble so if it was a single person who lived alone uh, they could attach themselves to a house um so i live with a another actor friend of mine who's also a therapist who's great and um she's so i was living with her then kieran was allowed to essentially attach onto our household so me and Kieran were just talking every day. We, because obviously Kieran, with obviously with uni and stuff, that kind of all went to shit. Can I swear? Like, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> go for it. Yeah, um, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I you, mean that that was the thing because basically we were just with out of complete fluke. We both found ourselves in the perfect position because so Dale was working in the service industry. All of that stopped immediately, and he got further. So that means that he was like, didn't have to go to work, but still got paid, which is great. I mean, the government is gonna, yeah, the government is gonna suffer for that. Like, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) taxes already (laughs) gone up because of it. Yeah, (laughs) I know, I know. Um, But obviously, you know, that was great at the time because it meant that suddenly, like, when you're a writer or you're a creative or filmmaker, you're just, you're always like, oh, I have all these ideas, but I have no time, and suddenly we had all the time in the world. And, you know, I was at uni, I was trying to do a film course and that kind of slowed, 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 stopped. And then after a couple of weeks, it kind of picked up and then slowed down. And, you know, it, it all became like, my final year became completely remote. Um, so I ended up with loads of time because I wasn't traveling and I was only doing like a couple of sessions a week. Uh, everything was really like played down. So yeah, we both had all this time. We had a whole summer as well in the middle of that where I wasn't mm. at uni and Dale was still on furlough. And yeah, we just it, immediately, it was, it was the reflex of being like, oh my God, what should I do with myself? To, oh yeah, I think I'll just write something because that's what I do when I've like got some time. And then suddenly you're like, I've got this amazing idea. We need to make this film. Let's do it. And you just throw yourself into this project. And, you know, with all of that time on our hands, uh, we started just world building like mad. And, mm. you know, to the point where we were essentially, you, I guess you could even say, I don't know if this is the same for Dale, but like I was starting to live in Yearland yep. rather than <laughs> <laughs> rather than live in COVID, right? You know, because yep. that's what you want. We didn't think what about anything is, else. Yeah, yeah you we literally thought of nothing else. And it, it got, I think it got to a point, and like Kieran said, it's like we'd had these ideas spinning around for years. And like we're talking like we, this has been in development for, in if you really class it as that, then yeah. seven, seven years, something like that, where we've had these ideas and created this world. And we've really got to a point where we're just like, right, we've got all this time. You treat it like a full-time job. And that's that's all we were gonna do is just go right. So, like we were literally, and you say like Monday to Friday, nine till five. It was like Monday to Saturday, like seven until ten. 
like just doing all this stuff and just being like, but I don't know if it was the same for Kieran, to be honest. So I don't know if, because this is like the first time I think we've both analysed the, the process really out loud yeah. with each other, with, which hasn't just been, because when you work so closely with somebody, I don't know if you guys can say the same, but sometimes you don't have to talk to kind of mm-hmm. understand what's going on. Like you kind of just, you know what that person's talking about. So I could talk to Kieran and say three words, but really I've said a full sentence and mm-hmm. he knows what I'm talking about. And I think we got to that point where we weren't really getting tired in the general sense and what you call like, oh, I've worked so hard. But I think when you actually, you're doing something you want to do, you've chosen to do this, you don't get the same level of time. Don't get me wrong, we were, we were but... I, I think it would, you never want you never got up the next day and was like oh I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. It was like it, you were getting up and just being like I've got to get up I've got to go do this like we've got to we've I've got we need three scenes finishing today, and it's yeah. like oh something like that or we've got all these things that we have to add in and then it's all it's all those like micro deadlines that you're setting yourself yeah. that you don't you know you don't even notice a week go by or a month go by because you've been like oh yeah, we've got to do these scenes and then we've got to cast these parts. I mean, yeah, because the other thing we did that was great was all this casting suddenly because, you know, and this, we casted quite late on in last year. So kind of getting up October, to October. Sort of yeah. Yeah, October, November. We were still in lockdown, but we were casting projected for the following year. Um, and obviously all of these actors have just had no work for a year. They're all super available, super like, please put me in something. Uh, <laughs> so it was the perfect time for us to just, and obviously for us as well, because we've got all these stories and we've got this all these scenes down. Uh, we were like, right, now we need to find who's the perfect person for this character is. Um, and all of that, that whole process of just like the pre-production, the writing, um, designing kind of sets, costumes, ideas of the world, and then also putting faces to those characters you know that took like the whole year that was like pretty much when we started was probably like end of start of april maybe yeah because we got locked down yep we got locked down two days after my 26th birthday yeah so it was 23rd of March or something, wasn't it? Yeah, because it was your birthday. Yeah, because me and Kieran are me and Kieran are born four days apart. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, yeah, so we got locked down at that point. I think we had like a month of just being like, this is so shit. Like we just hate and just hating it and all that sort of stuff. And but then I think we got to a point where we were just like, right, like, like we need to do something. And this was just we talked about it for ages. And we were just like, and so we were just like, right, well, now we've got the time, let, let's do it. And then obviously once we got the casting through and then it was like going through all of the, like going through all these videos and we, and one thing that we made sure is we got like, we got like four, 500 applicants. It was, it was wow. so, so unbelievable. Wow. We did not expect yeah, to get and, that level And bear in mind, this is for an unpaid role. Like no Completely one in the cast... Unpaid. In the cast, in the crew, like we we crowdfunded, but that was all production budget. No one was, everyone was volunteering their time. So mm. if you can, like, it's hard enough sometimes to find three actors to do an unpaid scene. But we were, yeah, it's literally like 400 applications, which yeah. I think you never would have got if it wasn't for COVID. It would, we wouldn't have. It was without a shadow of a doubt. 
and we got to a point where we were like we got all these people applying and we we were changing ideas of like okay so and we made a, a one thing that is i think cool to say that i think a lot of people should do more of is making um characters gender fluid we, mm-hmm. we didn't well make, we had multiple roles that were weren't specific it was like it could be male it could be female we, we and we had um, yeah. trans people who, um we asked to audition and stuff like that and just because we wanted to be as inclusive as possible and just make, i think writing with that in regard it's then you also then you can write to be the cliche term strong female characters i, I don't particularly yeah. like to say it like it's, that when you when you write in completely openly there is no difference in that sense yeah. you can just write I a think, character yeah what we were doing was like we were trying to think about you know we we're thinking about story first so mm. we we're thinking what does the person represent in the story and do they have masculine qualities do they have feminine qualities and then that was the description that we gave the actors who were auditioning so there was like an option that you could audition for like a female presenting version of this character or you could mm. do you know or audition for a male presenting not everyone but like some of the cast kind of fit in uh, the characters fit into that mm. and it's yeah i mean i think when when you're writing it's just trying to make sure that you're giving as little restriction to yeah. performers as possible you know mm. and it goes the same for like having ethnic backgrounds and stuff we were writing a fantasy and we wanted the fantasy world that we were creating we we were just like why would we have the same the kind of cultural inhibitions that this world has why don't we just not have them because it's our fantasy world isn't that just like a better idea um so yeah like in the in this the world of Merlin, there is actually quite a, a decent gender balance because the the kind of kingdom of Merlin is so new it's only been around like a hundred years. So like everyone is needed. You know, if someone wants to be a guard and they're, they're like a woman or presenting as a woman, you're not going to question it. You're just going to give them a sword. You'd be like, yes, come and be a guard. You know? <laughs> so that, that was the kind of premise that we were working off. And then, you know, the same with it kind of having like a, a fairly sort of neutral and uh, diverse um, range of ethnic backgrounds as well is that you know this world is just being like you know come and trade come and live here come and work here because we want to grow this community um which sounds so great but actually the king in it he's maybe not a great guy but socially you know even (laughs) yeah there's even some things in this world that you can look at and be like yeah that's a good idea Can you guys tell us about this story? You keep saying how important it is and I'm getting snippets, but like, what is the story of Merlin? What is, you know, the film about, you know, your, your trailer was cool, but I was like, but I don't know what's happening. (laughs) (laughs) So um, Merlin is the name of the, so the Western portion of a continent, um, you are, I'm going to just give you pre-warning now. When you want us to stop talking, you have to tell us. <laughs> we can talk about this. Like we created a world pack just for the actors to look over before yeah. they even got on set. Like we, we've got like, yeah, we there is 
hundreds of years of history we've written you for can, this place. They're, you, can probably, they're... you could probably do the story of the film because the basically Merlin is the name of the kingdom. Yeah. The film is basically here's some stuff that's going on in Merlin. But it, the whole idea was that we wanted to showcase a world rather than just like one little story. Um, mm. But yeah, so, I mean, if you want to talk about yeah the, the story. Yeah, so. I'll, I'll I'll start it like this. It's so there's a western portion of this continent um, that is ruled by a not so it's not such a nice king, shall we say? Um, so this is the rule of Marcus the Second Vibieri. Um, he is uh, was ascended to the throne at age seven uh, and has been on the throne for I think it's around this point. Is it? It's, it's about twenty years at this point, isn't it? It's along that sort of line. Um, he has had the silver spoon in his mouth is a bit of an understatement. <laughs> um, but there is definitely something about him that is probably not, not all there. There's definitely, there's definitely something that makes him different to what you would consider just a normal spiteful King. He's definitely more unhinged than that. Um, but he's been treating this kingdom like his essential plaything. It's his property. He's been doing with it what it will. But the main focus of this story is not necessarily about kings and queens and lords. And it's about people. It's about a real world with real people that go about doing very day-to-day -day things in, in extraordinary ways. There are people who are unhappy with the king and take matters into their own hands. There are different people that may choose to do a certain job um, that makes them like, makes them out to be this kind of he like noble hero and all this sort of stuff. I'm going to join this army and I'm going to do right and I'm going to do right. But then there are also people who tend to farm. And in some respects, it's the people who tend to farm that do the better job and do the more important job. And it's one thing I think in fantasy that you don't see very often is the is the real people like the people who occupy these worlds which is quite ironic that the name of your podcast is because that's what we kind of tried to do it was it was a world we created but we wanted it to feel real and you can and you can escape into Merlin that's the whole point and that's what we did and that's what we want people to see in this there are there's ups and downs there's there's that dealing with loss there's dealing with stress of hardships and coming like climate ch like the changing of like the from spring to winter and all these sort of things like there's what people have to do to survive and mm. sometimes those things aren't necessarily good but yeah it's on the reason you do them and for the the people that you do your things for it's there are real people like you'll see mm. you see it in rpgs like skyrim for example um You've got the guards who have their face covered, so they're all just this one generic thing. That it's not like that. We break down that veil of what a person does when they're in the army compared to when they go home. What happens mm -hmm. then? And that kind of thing. And this is what we want to talk about. And this is what we wanted to think. But there is a massive theme of rebellion that runs throughout the entirety of it, which in any decent fantasy there should be. 
But yeah. you, Kieran, do you want to add anything to that? <laughs> I haven't already said. <laughs> it's so hard not to just get like lost in it, isn't it? Um, yeah. Because it is, it's just so beautiful when you, I, you know, you can just kind of close your eyes and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, this is this little part of Newland and there's like a farming community and, you know, I can properly see it. And I think mm. one of the early things that we did in our world building, obviously, is draw a map. And we started kind of putting like, oh, this is, this area is kind of like this. And, we, you know, very loosely, the person who's drawn the map for the film is like a super awesome fantasy map maker. We didn't do that one. But we originally sketched out some cool stuff just to get like the idea. Um, so, yeah, I think once we had an idea of the place, the story became everyone's paths through that place. Where have they been? Where are they going? Um, and, you know, kind of their uh, individual paths. So, um, yeah, I think the kind of, I would say like uh, the way that you're explaining the story is there's loads of different people walking on a road and sometimes they cross each other and some, and they're all, all their roads are going in different directions. So, it's not necessarily like a standard narrative where, you know, I think what Dale was trying to say is like, you follow a hero, the hero's story, they become, you know, come out of adversity and, and fight off the baddies. You know, it's much more like you're just kind of walking around this place and some stuff is going on and you kind of don't really know like which way to look, but it's all just kind of happening. Um, yeah, so that was the vibe that we really wanted to get across. Uh, especially because as uh, you know we were presenting as uh, as a short film so it it does it does have this kind of story of like building up to rebel against this king uh, but yeah I think a lot of it really is introducing all these characters and these places and stories um, so we kind of wanted to also have its like counterpart and saying this is like a pilot for a for a series or for a feature or for this you know, this wider kind of exploration uh, of of the place and, and the stories and the people involved in it. So, yeah, sorry, this is like such a non-answer to your question of... No, it, it's reminding film. me, <laughs> yeah, it's reminding me of, of the Game of Thrones books in the sense that you follow multiple yeah. characters. You know, I didn't watch mm. the TV show, but um, I read all the books. And so it's it's that thing where you, mm. you like... You have so many storylines to follow, but they, yeah, overlap sometimes. Other times they never interact, but uh, that's really cool. I think that's a really mm. interesting idea. Um, it's it's also very clearly came from a mind of a D&D player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Guilty as charged completely. <laughs> <laughs> And let's face it, man, I'm the one who writes most of the fight scenes in and there's a reason I play a half-orc barbarian, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Which I mean, we are yeah. in fact, we are in fact playing D&D &D after Later. this. So, I, I feel <laughs> like this is getting yeah. to a sponsored level that we should get a, <laughs> right? we should get a deal, man. Yeah. <laughs> I do love the, the idea that you're focusing on, on, um, like the identities of these characters and and their self overall, you know that a guard is not just a guard, and that a farmer is not just a farmer. That's something I'm really interested in, you know, because I know I haven't read the Game of Thrones books. I've never played D and D. Don't stab me. Don't light me on fire. I'm the only one. I'm trying. In this I'm working quad out, here who's never played. <laughs> it's all right, man. We, we respect I... all people. Muggles. Are like it. <laughs> 
I get what you're saying though about it is about exploring those um, those kind of walks of life because also that is like in the real world I say real world you know the one that we choose to live in most of the time mm. um, <laughs> is it's like that's what people are you know like you you don't walk mm. down the street and you're like oh an adventuring party uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> that's not what you see you see someone you know you don't you, you don't see someone who's like ah i'm looking for a good death um you know that's not part of your daily routine mm-hmm. you meet someone who's like you know i work in a cafe um and then on the evenings occasionally i play in a band and then you're like oh that's nice you know that's people that's what people do so why not make a fantasy world that has that kind of level of character where people actually you know they have this slightly more you know i i think the balance was trying to find something that is mundane but not boring you know because you don't want to make it so like sort of stagnant that you're just following someone like you know doing the harvest for a whole hour's film and then nothing <laughs> happens in it but you know you you wanted it enough that that was like a genuine aspect of their life that is really important um so yeah, trying to find, but then also that became research and then that became like what makes someone want to do that? What makes them choose that path? And why would someone be in the army? And how is being in the army different to being in um, this other thing called the Blessed Guard, which is basically like the king's private army? And they go off and they do like, you know, the more kind of secret jobs. They're like the kind of, you know, Special ops. Yeah, special ops kind of thing. But they're all very hush-hush and no one knows really what they're up to. Um, But, like, what's the difference between that guy and then someone who's just, like, you know, standard, like, standard dude. I just kind of walk around, follow the king around, you know, in my armor, in my uniform, looking nice. You know, what are the different kind of characters there? Um, And then, yeah, do they still have families, you know? So it was something that we talked a lot about with the cast because we were bringing in these, uh, mm. you know, actors who were like also had loads of time on their hands. So we were like, yeah, give us some story. Like, where are you from? Showed them the map and were like, you know, tell me about your life. Why have you chosen to be this thing that you're doing? Why are you in this army or why are you, you know, what was it like growing up on this farm? Or um, I don't know, who's another like interesting character, Taya is like from a different country she's from the other kingdom which isn't a kingdom it's just like a big nomadic landscape of vikings uh vikingy type things um and we were like yeah what's your backstory um were you always this kind of fighter person or like she had tattoos so we were like where have you got these tattoos why do you have them so that was also a big part of it we can't say that we kind of gave everyone all of this story you know it was a conversation we were very much we were very adamant that the cast no matter because i mean it's a i'm pretty sure it's a stanislavski quote it's uh there's no the the you're only as big as your smallest actor and there is no at no point did we have an actor that was smaller than anybody else 
each person and each character in that film means something to the story. And we made sure that we had, if we had, say, a, a principal character, let's say we have uh, Christy who's playing King Marcus. Um, so, like, we, once we kind of chat with him, we spend the same amount of time chatting with Christy that we would chat with somebody who is a non-speaking role. Uh, we still have that same level of conversation because it's, I think it, when you give an actor the time to feel like they matter, I feel like you get such a better, like better performance. Cause I've been on sets where I've done like a bit part and they just kind of go, yeah, yeah, whatever. And you just get kind of rushed away. Um, but we didn't want to ever feel like that. Like, for example, we did three months of combat training um, and stuff like that. And even so, if your character was a soldier, but didn't do any fighting, didn't do any of that, we set aside an entire day so that you could come down and get used to having a weapon in your hands. We gave them essentially a free a free day with a fight director and a, and a coach. He's a, he's a, he's called Jack Stockdale Haley. He's, he's incredible. He came, he came in trying to be a, a part of it. He just wanted to be a, a soldier in the fight scene. Turned out he was a fight director. So we were like, do you want to get involved at some point? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, like we'll get, I'll get involved. And so we sent, and he's a, he's the fence. He's one of the fencing courses at the, at the Royal Armouries in Leeds. And wow. yeah, he's, he's really good. And we got, and we just started talking and stuff like that. And then we, and he was fully in for getting involved and stuff like that. But this was all just through, randomly putting this thing out there and going like does anybody want to get involved but like i said we but we gave a full day with jack to the to these actors just so they got like a day's essentially free training and that's mm -hmm. what we want and it was like and it was mainly for us so that we could because once we the way we describe it is once you're used to having a sword on your belt you forget it's there so for example if you do a certain type of job it's like for me and tyler i'm pretty honest um sometimes like mixing a cocktail you can just do it like you don't think about it anymore and like and or like having your bar blade or anything like that you just know where it is it, you don't fiddle with it whereas with a sword if you've got a sword on your belt and you have a sword on your belt every single day you don't fiddle with it it's just there whereas you yeah. had to obviously when you're an actor and you're coming on to a film where we're like have this and i'm not even joking in some aspects have this six foot sword yeah. Like here's this big German Zweihander. Real swords, real and say. all real. None yeah. of them were fake. None of them uh, uh, aren't steel. But all all of them were blunt. But yeah. like all of it, it's all hundred percent real, just with the edge taken off. And we and we otherwise it's not for me. It's not realistic, and I want to yeah. see real. I don't want to you know like Monster Hunter the game where the, the swords like twenty times bigger than them, it, and it's like, it's this, like this or it looks like a paddle. Yeah. yeah, this was also from a sort of health and safety aspect why we <laughs> had this kind of day because we're like, hey, here's a massive piece of metal, don't kill anyone. You know, you've you have got to have that a little bit at least. But yeah, I think it is because like how many times as an actor you know that like the first the first little show that you do where you get a sword or you get a gun is even worse. And you're yeah. just constantly taking it out, messing with it, being like, oh, this is a cool prop. If you do that in a film, it just makes you look like you, you don't have any relationship with that object. You just feel really detached from it and confused by it. So, yeah, we were like, yeah, learn how to use this until you're bored of it and then go on set. Mm -hmm. 
Is that because once you, cause you awesome. do get to a point where you're just like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be moving yeah. this. This axe is carry this carry these shields around that was the thing it was like make yeah. this be cumbersome and annoy the <laughs> fuck out of you and yeah, then this is... with it because <laughs> you just get to a point where you're just like i don't want because we especially with like the soldiers and stuff like that it's like you've been lugging around this kit for about four days yeah and like you'd be really annoyed with it by the end of it it's not like you go Oh, if you've got a rucksack or something like that, or your backpack or something like that, and you, you don't go, oh, I love my backpack, do you? You just, it's, it's just a thing you have. So it's, and just because it happens to be a shield or something like that, it was exactly the same. It was a tool. And that's what we wanted to kind of, we wanted to get the, oh, what, what would be the term? The novelty out of it to a certain extent and treat it like an, an extension and you're like you you do it properly and it's like you know you know all these drills you know in how to hit properly how to take a hit properly and like we said some of these guys were never going to be in a fight scene but mm. they needed to know how to take a hit because you need to know as a soldier how to take a hit so we just it just made sense so we just did it and we had access to this gymnastics gym uh, which mm. was like incredible but obviously we were talking about the covid stuff as well it's like kieran actually trained as a covid coordinator before all this happened um oh, cool. so that we so that we had um kieran did a course and did all that through the health and safety of it and we obviously went through every regulation possible we didn't we didn't even like we didn't even bend the rules we literally stuck within the rules yeah. to, to the nth degree and but some people you, you could tell some people just like but how is that possible? It's like, well, yeah, you had to. You can, you like, to. that was the thing. It's because also, like, at the end of the day, obviously, it's so cool that we were doing something and that all, everyone was involved in this uh, project. That we was, you know, we started. We were, we were like filming um, from the end of April this year. So it was like, we weren't in a lockdown, but you know, a lot of um, non, what were they saying? Like non-essential- Non-essential business. Or like mm. non-essential stuff you should probably hold back on. Mm. Um, but you know, we, we found, you know, we found the right kind of um, safety and protection around everything um, and, and still went ahead. But yeah, I mean, that was a lot of work definitely compared to a normal production you know, we just had to do so much prep and like every single shoot, we're like, you know, how are people getting there? No, you know, how many people are like, do they need to share a car? Because we can't really have like six people in a car. Um, how are we gonna, you know, don't use public transport if you can avoid it. All of this kind of stuff became a consideration for every single shoot. Uh, and like getting it, everybody to do a health declaration at the start of every day and yeah, make sure yeah. that was sent off and things like that because it was like it, it's like we we need you to sign this or you can't be on set. And we had people yeah. who were like we had one we had one shoot day where unfortunately one of our cast members was was ill. Turned out not to be COVID, but we yeah. said to him, "You get a test. If you go and get a test, and then come back and it's and it comes back negative, you can absolutely come on set if you feel up to it." But yeah. he we he just didn't get a test in time. We had to shoot. It was it was just we just had to do something about it, and it was really regrettable, but. We just had to because we you couldn't we were getting towards the end of everything and it's like yeah. if we slip up now then we all that we've done before is isn't worth it so we yeah. were just like well we we've, we've just got to crack on and just hope that 
every, that he's all right. And so then it turned out everything was fine. He was completely fine. He was, he was, but yeah. we just had to, we couldn't we take the risk. Like, yeah. We worked a scene around it. So we like changed a few lines to make him not be there in the thing. But that was the only one we didn't, you know, so lucky, but we didn't have any positive tests. We had no one coming in sick, you know, and, and with a cast of like 45. Yeah, 20, that's a big. Yeah, 20 days shooting, 22 days. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we were dead lucky. But honestly, that was like, if that had happened, that's like a lockdown for two weeks. The whole, everyone that was on set, when they were on set, everyone has to isolate. It would have been like a massive disadvantage and very expensive. <laughs> yeah, and, and, also, and also you think about it as well. And because we're a, we're a very, very young company, mm. like people can be quite harsh sometimes with that sort of stuff. So let's say that we we're doing this and then 20 people get COVID and then point fingers at this, this group going, Oh, yeah. well, well, if they weren't doing that, that wouldn't have happened. And then we get, and then what do we do from there? And then we have to approach the council and go, hi, we're pale Raven pictures. Oh, you're those guys. Yeah. It, I guess it was a risk looking back on it. Cause we could, it was, <laughs> But, it, you know, I think we were bit, the way that you counteract that is by being so conscious and so safe in your pre-production that actually stuff went smoother because yeah. I don't know about you guys, like, but guerrilla filmmaking, which is not like filming gorillas, but like just going out with a camera. I don't know. Maybe that's the same as well. <laughs> but Same thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, they're pretty intelligent. They're intelligent species. Uh, no, but is um is like it's it's so you know you could literally i could ring up dale and when we shot alone it's a perfect example i was yeah. like oh i've done a storyboard like in my lunch hour do you want to go shoot it tomorrow next day you know we jump out in the car jump up some like random bits around the city oh it looks a bit broken down yeah that's kind of post-apocalypse sorted get some shots uh stick it all together throw it on the thing and that was like a weekend, you know, we shot it over three days and, um, and, and edited it and, and finished it. And that is usually, <laughs> in some ways, that's like the amount of prep that we would be happy doing. Um, but obviously COVID hits and you're like, right, now we've got to do, you know, for every day that we shoot, we've got like four days planning it. And then that keeps going on and all of these like emails and contacts and, speaking to the councils and speaking to the police because we had loads of live weapons not live as in you know but like the the scary looking yeah. <laughs> like it's like you can you can have a blunted axe and that's all right but yeah. if you hit somebody with a blunted axe it's still a problem yeah. so it's like it's like we were just like we are just going to ring the police and just tell them before Karen does. So <laughs> we're not hurting anybody other than people who have completely consented to be in a fight with this weapon. So, yeah. and it, Do you know what? Was... So nobody got hurt on that either, which was a, a rousing success. Yeah, no, no one was hurt whatsoever. whilst we were filming. But yeah. yeah, do you know what? The police were so blase about it. They were like, oh yeah, fine, fair enough. Thanks for letting us know. I didn't question anything. I, I was like, we're going to have 20 swords in the park. They were like, yep. 
You've just told every serial killer listening to this that all they have to do is call the police first. <laughs> yes. And they're going to be like, great, fine. And now we they did, can do whatever the fuck we they did want. Clear it. We did clear it with the council. So I think if you if you worked in the council and you did that, then yeah. Yeah. You got to watch that. <laughs> to be honest, if, if, they're, if, they're coming, if they're coming here for t- if serial killers are coming to this podcast for tips on what to do, then there are plenty of true crime podcasts out there, dude. Like, right. Me, <laughs> yeah. You, you can get some ideas, man. <laughs> Oh, What's with all these bodies? Oh, it's student film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> on your way. Cool. On your way. Yeah. A, Do you know, honestly, one thing that we I, that I've definitely discovered is, I think the general public have two reactions when it comes to cameras. It's either this, or <laughs> this. Yeah. Like, which, if, just for the listeners, that was me moving out of frame and then coming too close to the frame. They either want to be like right where it's happening and go, what's going on? Right. What are you doing? Yeah. This, or they want no part of it. And yeah. they, and they're like, and they will genuinely about turn and just walk back the way they were coming and just avoid you. Whether that's on, cause I did, we didn't even notice that on days when we had lots of swords about that was just generally on days where we were just doing very normal things. Like um, I say very normal things, Chris, bless him. Our, um, com- another one of our company directors, like <laughs> bathing, wild swimming in a river yeah. half six in the morning <laughs> that's normal that was yeah that was scene. that was as normal as we got and actually i'm saying that connor was walking around with the big six foot zweihander so yeah. i'm saying this now <laughs> now thinking back on it i can see why someone would walk the other way yep yeah but we had to wait while two um like sort of like women in like their 50s or their 60s were just like swimming in this canal well in this like river yeah, thing. in the river yeah. we were like we wanted to film them we were just like oh no they're actually mm-hmm. doing this wild swimming thing and we're like, but after yeah. that it was quite good because chris then couldn't complain because like, oh come on man they've been in like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i think it, was, it actually it worked was... out for the better but it was a, such a good mm-hmm. sport about that like that was good fun but then, to be honest, me and Kieran are very up for just like throwing ourselves into absolutely any situation of just being like, "Oh right, well I've got to do this. I've got to just go and jump in this river. Yeah, cool, I'll do that." But we then we then forget that most people aren't as willing to do that kind of thing. So it's like we yeah. write these things in the script and go, "Are we? Are, are people going to be up for that?" Like, <laughs> I'm not sure. Like, and it turned yeah. out Chris was more than up for jumping in the freezing cold river at half six in the morning, and he and not one complaint was had. I just, we just made him a soup after. <laughs> we all go through those those testing periods. I was a, I was an assistant before I was ever an actor, and one of the first things I volunteered for was we have a ten foot fall, we have a rope, and we have a twin mattress for the crash pad. You want to try it out? Yeah, I'll give Damn it a right. shot. That is shot. so cool. Yeah, yeah. Blacked out, could not breathe for five minutes, but I was fine afterwards. <laughs> oh, that sounds what, like. So much fun! I would oh yeah, to- <laughs> I was nineteen and a complete idiot. But you, you know, you—that's that's the fun of guerrilla filmmaking. Gorilla with a, a U and an E and not no for those of you. Who are <laughs> <laughs> that's something now, Kieran. That's yeah. <laughs> I really want a gorilla in the next film. Now that's like this. This is. I mean, this is also another thing. Is like whilst writing the script, there is no kind of boundary. Like we're pretty confident of just being like. Yeah, we'll work it out when we get to production, knowing full well that in a couple of weeks we're going to have to work out how we're going to get like 25, 30 people in a shield wall fighting each other in the middle of Sheffield. 
like and and just make that happen for free um but you know it's that's the thing when you're writing it you don't question any of this you just go yeah yeah we'll sort it and and it does it does kind of happen eventually don't write to your budget write to what you want to make and and if you want to make it you'll make it and if you can't and if you physically can't sometimes that does happen but like you work, you find you, you find it. a way around it. No, don't give up on the idea. Like find a way around it. Figure out like we wanted to create. This is like an hour and a half big long feature thing five years ago, and then we yeah. realized that that probably wasn't going to happen. And then we decided, okay, I'll tell you what, we'll write five short films instead, and we'll do them all at ten minutes. And then we did one of them. <laughs> so, yeah. And now it's <laughs> like. Keep messing with the ideas and like yeah. yeah, but I mean definitely don't have those low expectations. So it's become like a, a webinar. Um don't have low expectations, <laughs> You can do it. <laughs> but yeah, because well, moving yourself. Yeah, but no, this is true because my first student film that we were like the basically the first like proper drama that you do that isn't like a exercise. I was like, I've written this film and it's shot on a train. And, and then the lecturer was like, well, where are you going to get a train, man? You can't just jump on a, you, you know, you can't just have a train to film on. Like, that's expensive. And I was like, no, 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 it'll be fine. I'll find one. And they were kind of like trying to realize, you know, make me be like sensible. And I just went out and messaged loads of, you know, heritage railways, which is like old lines that don't really run anymore eventually got a hit guy was like yeah i've got a train jump on and i went and shot it and that was free you know didn't charge me anything it was a charity run we shot the film on a train no worries so you know don't have this because you you would expect that's tricky but it's not there's always you would be surprised how many people out there just have this kind of stuff knocking around you know if you want to make a film like I spoke to someone recently and they were like, oh, I'm writing this film. Uh, not really got many ideas for it, but I know someone who owns a tank. So I just, <laughs> and that was all. Yeah, when you know somebody who owns a tank, like you is it make like a, a film military, with a tank in it. Yeah, a military tank. And someone just had one. Like this is just the wacky <laughs> stuff, you know. And then so they were like, yeah, I'm just going to work some out, use the tank in it. <laughs> I feel like it's you know when you have money people expect to get paid but when you don't have money people are willing to be like yeah sure you know like it's that there's a there's a line because when you're seeing someone doing it because they're passionate about it versus we're we're making this thing to then make us a bunch of money like Mm. you know the the stakes are different so it's like it was such a humbling thing to get all these people because if you actually like i mean our credits are pretty long (laughs) they're as long as the film (laughs) and all the kickstarter Kickstarter oh yeah all that sort of stuff that's on there and it's it's one of those if when you come to it there's probably over 100 people who have either Mm. given money or given time and and expertise and also people when we've when we've paid for locations it's like we've got like we went to a place it's called merton park viking village and it's like it's built historically accurately and all that sort of stuff it's absolutely incredible if you're in the uk it's based in york i would honestly recommend going just because and they do great stuff for like kids and educational stuff it's absolutely incredible 
but we contacted them and on just a whim i said would we be able to have it they were like uh yeah that'd be fine and they were like and i basically gave them the spiel of like look i got really good at telling people we didn't have much money but in a non like please give us something way yeah. i got really good at it i don't know how i'm just out of sending so many messages to people i was just like right okay here we go this is what we're going to do this is what we're trying to do we're trying to achieve this it's like 40 people giving their time for free all this sort of stuff and then the number kept growing <laughs> it was just like yeah. and it got to a point where we're like oh my god there's like 60 odd people in this production crew this is uh, including cast and all that sort of stuff it's like wow so i got we got talking to them and they, and they gave us an amazing price they basically said what can you afford yeah and i said we could afford this and they said we can't do do it for that cheap so i'd then add a bit more and add a bit more <laughs> until he went okay we can do that and i was like yeah. right and i and then i remember ringing Kieran. and i was like right you see this place and then i got him to look at the pictures and stuff like that and he was like that's really cool man i was like we got it <laughs> And he's like, what? Like, we got it. <laughs> it's like, yeah. no way. And it's like, yeah, yeah we did. Honestly, you would not believe these are all like authentically built Viking village of houses. It's all in the film, but like that was, it's been made over like 30 years by Viking reenactment groups that were in the area. So it's all dead real. So it, it's it's better than a film set. It is an actual mm. Viking village that's just there's been a, created. Wow. Yeah, there's a pro there's a program in Britain called Time Team, if anybody is familiar with it. Um oh, with yeah. Tony Robinson who plays Baldrick in Blackadder. Uh, and they did a full <laughs> segment there. It's like, it's like a really big thing for mm. a lot for people over the age of 50 demographic in Britain, I think. But um, <laughs> But there's there's this big thing about, and they did a whole segment there where they were talking about the Vikings. Horrible histories went there and uh, did a whole thing on that. That's a big thing for kids, um, for kids like educational, but also funny in Britain. Um, yeah. Because let's face it, we've got so much history. So we they do like days where they take school kids around and have real life, you know, people who are like living a life of a Viking. So they're all dressed up and they know how to make the pottery authentically and the shoes and stuff. And then they just teach the kids, like, the kids just kind of walk through, the school kids, and then they're like, yeah, this is what it would be like. How cool would that be? You know, just to, mm. you, you just kind of experience it firsthand. Yeah, and, and these places exist. And people, I think one thing that we kind of got to a point of was if you don't ask, you don't get. So we just asked everyone, like so many people, just like so many places. We we were going to film in a museum in York and that fell through, unfortunately, and things like that. But there was that we were in talks with this big. It was like a tower, wasn't it? It was I can't remember. It was like like an overlook tower that we were in talks with filming in. But they that the reason they didn't want to do was because of COVID. They were like they everything else had opened up, but they didn't want to. Or the owner didn't want to open it up or anything we, like that. So and we yeah, and he was like, it's not open to the public. The and we had yeah, because it was and like we, a, kept, we had like a watchtower scene, and we really wanted it to be in like a stone room. And we ooh. went through so many stone rooms, even though it's such like an obvious thing. Yeah, because also it like we it, a lot of the stuff could have been achieved in a studio easily, but just with more money. And we didn't have mm. more money, and we didn't really have much of an art department. Um, we had one size. guy. And yeah, we us. had one. We had one guy who was like, who's doing like set building and 
you know, works in theatre really, or is, is starting to get into working in theatre, doing stage design. Uh, and we were like, yeah, can you just design like all the sets for this film and then build them? And is that okay? Uh, so it was pretty tough, but... We needed a bar in one scene and yeah. we had three pallets. And I literally and said to him, it. there's three pallets, build us a bar. And within <laughs> three hours, he built us a bar. Yeah. Wow. It was like, and he's, a, and, he's a, and he's a friend. We've known him for like like over 10 years. Like he's a really wow. like yeah. close friend. And we just we just asked him if you, because this is what he wanted to get into. We're quite lucky in the fact that all our friends are creatives. All of mm-hmm. them. Like we yeah. all do. That's the reason we're friends most of the time. So it's like, and I'm sure you've seen it. It's like when you've got other creatives, you do just kind of latch to each other. And it's like, we've all been friends for like, yeah, over 10 years. And we've mm-hmm. like, mo- like some of the cast in the film we've known for that long. Some of the cast we met for the first time. It was like yeah. everybody, everybody had the option to audition and stuff like that. And it was, and it was like, we got to work with friends and we've got to meet some such cool people through doing all of this. And we genuinely, I felt like, do you know, like you sometimes go on set and cause you've got to do these emotions and things like that. And you you do end up, if you are friendly with a character on stage or anything like that, you're probably going to be friendly with that person mm. anyway, just because you've had to put this emotion together. So it makes sense. But I think with us, we genuinely, because we were working so intently and so like not rushed, but just like we, we had to get it done. We knew what the situation is and everybody was so into it by the time mm. we got to filming because we had such a long pre-production. Yeah. Everybody was just so excited to get on set because we'd yeah. been talking to these people for months and they had one day on set and that was it. Yeah, and that, this, and this that was, was the only like, time we met them and things like that. We, and we're like, we cast in November. If yeah, you can imagine this. We cast in November last year, and we started the fight training, just meeting up in a gym for like a, once a week in uh, April or March, end of March. Yeah, something like that. Um, and so that was already five, four or five months. And then mm. some stuff we weren't filming till kind of late April, even like start of June. Um, lots of people just had one day on set. I think that was also to do with like uh, travel. So even though the UK is tiny, uh, we, you know, basically all of the UK was our kind of catchment so we had people coming from like wales which is well out Um, you know that's pretty far we had people all the way from london and this is traveling like you know seven eight hours in a car to mm. come and do one scene and you know and and not get paid for it no expense completely (laughs) off their own what are you saying geez you just did that (laughs) (laughs) i got got paid that's a little true. bit you get paid yeah uh, I just, I, we, i'm we, in the hole about 600 it's fine <laughs> it's totally worth it uh it is, but yeah I, I mean, you know, that, one, that is crazy that people it's gonna be one thing that i would suggest to anybody trying to get started and things like that it's it, it sounds it sounds kind of counterproductive but take the free work man because yeah. like there's more free work out there than there is paid work and you you need that showreel material and to be honest as long as your performance in it is 100 percent and you're happy with that then it doesn't matter whose name is on that showreel it matters that your name is on that showreel mm. and it's like and as long as you're happy with your performance it's just we don't and I, I, as somebody who's done as a no budget 
with no expenses paid production and ran it as well like me and Kieran have it's like we honestly tell you it's like we're not doing that to, to I'm sorry I'm gonna say to fuck anybody over like yeah. we're, we're not like we, we we're genuinely doing it because we couldn't afford to do it any other way it's like if if we paid anybody it'd have been coming out of mine and Kieran's pocket so yeah. it's like but I think also it has created that opportunity because mm. since doing Merlin I just like since that thing this massive year-long experience and like all of these ideas going into a completely crowdfunded but essentially zero budget film um that was really really ambitious we've come out of it with someone who wants to work with us as a producer you know setting up a limited company showreel material for 40 artists and plus all of the cast uh, all of the crew you know, an original score that somebody's written for the film that's going to be available yeah. is available on Bandcamp now. It's yeah, like the music, wow. the music is all out. And but you know what I'm saying is like all of these people have got something out of it now, and we're now progressing as the company. We're able to progress to be like right. Well, we need a budget to pay these people now because the next film that we do, you know, we are going to actually be able to achieve that because we're going to be able to you know, bring in these kind of investors and bring in this, like even just crowdfunding, we can, we know now how to use it more effectively and we can start funding to actually get jobs for people. So even though it was like one really, a big amount of time to kind of put in, it's, it's been worth it. It's kind of created all of those opportunities since then. So, you know, it was, I, did, I think when we, when we started Pale Raven, we were kind of questioning, like, should all of our films be not for profit? You know, should we just say we're a zero budget company, everything is for free? And I don't, I think at the time that made sense when we were doing lots of like indie stuff. But I think you do need to have your eye on where the progression is because at the end of the day, you want to, you know, you want people to be in work, you don't want people to be like, uh, jumping on a, a film for a couple of hours when they've got time you know you want someone to be like in that role and and give their whole professional like love to it um so yeah you know i think it i think it really has done that i think it has developed us into being where we mm. want to be and definitely where we wanted to be before covid um yeah and and yeah and maybe we, that we are- wouldn't maybe that wouldn't have happened if we'd both had to keep working all, all the time to try and uh, I don't think survive. it would. I, I genuinely don't think it would have done. I, I hold my hands up and say, like, we would not have managed to be in the position we're at now if COVID wasn't a thing. And that really? is one of the yeah. weirdest things to say. But, <laughs> but yeah. it's true. Like, we wouldn't have been able to create... Well, like, we probably would have... And it's like we said on our, like, Kickstarter videos and things like that. It's like, regardless of how much money we made through the Kickstarter, we were going to make this film regardless. It would have just been lesser if... Like, not... It wouldn't have, like, we'd have not been able to do as much and we'd have been able to make less of the story that we wanted to. But yeah. we ended up setting a goal and like times it by six by the end of it yeah we massively exceeded our yeah. kickstarter was to fund 450 pounds that was what we set right and we made just over three grand That's so awesome. it's mm. obviously this is like 
you know, for every short film, the budget is relative. You know, now we're thinking, yeah, we want to do another short film. We probably need to raise about 10 grand because <laughs> mm. it's just Slowly changed go up. Yep. what we mm. need, right? You know, so suddenly it just keeps moving. But um, yeah, like I think it it really did surprise us just how much, um, you know, out, outside interest really jumps on and goes, yeah, I want to see this world. I want this world to happen. Yeah. Well, and that, that brings up a question I have of like, you know, in the trailer, it, it ends with, you know, available to Kickstarter backers, um, you know, whenever, is this going to be something that people who have not heard of this until they listen to this podcast or whatever, are they going to be able to watch it? Or is it more like, what's, what's the hope of, of the, you know, where yeah. this, this film will go? We have an idea. So we've kind of been trying to go down the festivals route. Uh, there's a lot of film festivals around that kind of specialize in fantasy. So we were hoping to go down that kind of route. It is pretty long. You know, it's come out at like 37 minutes and that is like with cuts. And mm. I think because we'd initially expected something around 25, which is a lot more manageable. Um, so there's all these different ideas at the moment of like, uh, do we try and do a different cut for some festivals or do we just kind of release this one and where are we going to do that? Um, you know, we were talking with uh, a kind of online streamer previously um, that uh, kind of wanted to kind of get involved and try and release it on the platform. So we're going to try and check in with that and see what's going on with it. Uh, yeah, so I think kind of watch this space for like where that's happening at the minute. We want to show people and we want it to be available. Um, you know, for the for the actors, they've got their showreel. You know, we've sent them their scenes and been like, yeah, you can do what you want. Get yourself some jobs. You know, the trailer's up and the Kickstarter backers have seen it and given us all of this kind of feedback. That's like the special kind of uh, premiere preview thing. So yeah, we, it's, it's kind of begun its journey, but it is weird with a film because like when you, when you finish it, you're actually starting this film's journey. You know, you're seeing where does it go? And like, maybe we get it, you know, streamable online, but maybe, you know, someone just says, hey, actually this is a great idea, but it would be even better if it was two hours long and it was a feature. So why don't mm. you do that? So maybe this is, you know, we're in this like weird, middle stage of like cool we we, we did it now it's <laughs> yeah it's kind of have this sort of thing when it comes to film it's like with theater it's like because me and kieran obviously both that's where we cut our teeth so mm. and it's and it's still my absolute love now um mark addy who i once met outside uh the graduate pub um in Sheffield, it's just, yeah. it's where it, uh, it was doing a show at the crucible and it was outside the pub and we but and we were outside having a cigarette and all my friends had gone up to him because obviously it's Robert Baratheon from Game of Thrones. Oh my God, this is ridiculous. So everybody's gone up to him and, but I've just left him alone. It's like the guy's trying to have a beer at the end of it after a show. I'm just going to leave him alone. Um, and then we were outside and he had to go outside at the same time. I would, and I just, we, there were just the two of us there and I was just like, I've got to, I've got to say something. And I was just, I'm just, I'm just like, say, mate, I'm an absolute massive fan. Um, can I ask you a question? It was like, yeah, I was like, do you prefer TV or film? Uh, do, do you prefer theatre or film and TV? And he was just like, 
well, you know, TV and film is really good for your pocket, but theater is the one that's good for the soul. And it was, and it's, and it's so true. And you know where you're going with theater because you rehearse it, you do all this time with it and then you show it and that's it. And then, then it's done. And then you do your run and well, however long your run is. And then when your run's over, that's probably it. Unless you end up getting picked up for a tour or anything like that. That's usually your lot. Um, with film, it's kind of like you do all of this, you make it, you finished it. And then you can't show everybody because if you kind of just, if we just put it out on our YouTube channel now, it's going to lose traction. Nobody's going to like, the likelihood is most people aren't going to see it we have to find the right time for that. And we were hoping to have had some sort of thing to tell you guys and do a bit of an exclusive thing. It just hasn't happened. It was really, it was like, yeah. it was really annoying, but like, but hey, oh, it is what it is, but it will be available online for people to watch in the near future. That's yeah. one thing that we, we are, that's a definite, like if it's by, I'd say by, at least by the end of this year, it's going to be online, if if not yeah. super sooner than that, because I, uh, there's no way it's not going up this year. So, but it just might be in a month. It might be in a couple of weeks. It might. The best thing to do is just to follow our social medias and things like that. It's that's usually our best thing that we can. That's where we post basically all of our stuff. So mm. all of that sort of stuff. Just keep an eye on what we're doing because we constantly have updates happening and all that sort of stuff. So hopefully soon that's that's the, uh, the long-winded answer to that <laughs> no i don't i don't feel cheated at all that we don't have an exclusive clip or anything it's fine guys <laughs> it's cool. all right no no i totally get it like it's and it's um it's something that i'm looking forward to seeing more of as well and uh, you were talking about social medias where can people find you uh, uh, so they can give you a follow and uh, keep track of the progress of the production yeah we are on uh facebook instagram pale raven pictures straight up no messing about no no underscores no nothing uh you can also follow the uh, the film's instagram which is at merlin film um so merlin spell m-y-r-l-a-n and then film i know it's not the best marketing technique to you know call your film something that pe- that is in a completely made up language that you made up yourself <laughs> but <laughs> like it's probably not the best production the marketing strategy uh, but same we're also on, yeah same on twitter merlin film and pale raven picks as in P-I-C-S. But to be honest, just Google it. You know, you'll find it. Um, yeah, it's genuinely, we, we're, we're pretty we're pretty easy to find. It's been yeah. quite nice, actually, being, like, we, you can just type it in. Google it with the websites being built and all that sort of stuff. If oh, you yeah, want to go that's, in. Not released, oh, cool. that's not released yet. The, yeah, the website will be built. up soon. Yeah, I'll yeah. let you know, because that is actually dead cool. We've been working on this thing. If you want a little exclusive, I'll tell you what is on yeah. the website. Oh, yes. Which is, mm. we're going to have this page that is the map. That is the Merlin map and it's going to be interactive so you can like find a little place like oh there's this kind of mountain here what's that about and it's got a little name and you're like okay this mountain's called like uh what what's one of the mountains called for uh Falston or something um your stall yeah there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is test this is testing mine kieran's geographical knowledge now of- <laughs> yeah. no it's tricky because they've all got weird umlauts on in hagmir so you don't know like how to pronounce it and i don't want to oh, yeah. oh yeah that's another thing as well it's like we've been developing a language as well like the language that's spoken oh, yeah. in the film the language that Honestly, we've developed we're... and all this sort of stuff there's so much to it <laughs> we'll, we'll have to get into it another time but yeah basically We've got this map, it's all interactive and it's filled, it's got like 55 different mini stories 
that of all these little places and you can just click on them and find out a little bit about that city or that house or that road or whatever and it can it's, it's basically this idea that we create the world of Neerland that you can explore in your own way that's not it's not necessarily linked to the film this is just like a page about the world uh, and then you can go and explore it so yeah hopefully that'll be up soon I'm literally at the moment just writing <laughs> all of the little stories um, every dm is listening to this and they're like fuck yeah. yeah now i have a whole world built already i'm just gonna go oh, to this yeah. website I, 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 i'm gonna tell you now if you enjoy the film and you are a dm and you want to run a campaign on this do it and show us please oh I, God, yeah. like please like, so honestly, cool. like go for it if you want to write a campaign set in the world that me and kieran created like we're going to tell you off for that are you mad yeah. that's, the, that's, that's the biggest compliment ever um yeah, do that. Don't steal the map. <laughs> that's not ours. Someone else drew uh, the map, so they'll get it. There you go. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so there you go. That's what, that's what we're working on at the moment is trying to like um, expand this world so that, you know, with the idea that as we continue to make stuff, we can keep referring back to this yeah. as well as the film and pitch the idea of this is something that's set in this particular part of this world and here's everything you need to know about it you know so yeah we're going down that route which is really fun and i want to give people as much or as little information as they want it's kind of like if you just want to watch the film and enjoy the film cool if you think that the world's cool and you want to know a little bit more about it it's all there for you it's Mm. uh, we we enjoy doing it and it's nice to catalog as well because i don't like with writing as well sometimes you've got like 20 books with three pages filled in but one thing's in one book and one thing's in another. It's quite nice for us yeah. to be able to catalogue this sort of stuff because obviously there's a lot up here uh, and a lot jotted yeah. down in notebooks, but it's immortalised when you do that as well. It's it's mm-hmm. it's a lot of work that we've put into it, so it's nice to it's nice for people if they do want to read it. It's cool if you it, like. We've got plenty of that, and it's like on our Instagram and things like that. There's character descriptions giving you a little bit of a insight into who the characters you might see will be and stuff like that Mm. and who the cast members are and giving them a little bit of a shout out and stuff like that but just in case any of the cast members are listening as well it's like honestly when you check the credits these people are extremely talented and Mm. do not get enough recognition for their talent and and that goes down to everybody who works on this like every but everybody in those credits like did went above and beyond and if you are out there and you do want to, and you are making stuff and you're interested in acts and things like that, these guys, they are, they're so good. It's like when, mm-hmm. and when, and when I'm in it as well, and I'm having to deal, like I'm having to play opposite these guys. And I'm just like, Oh wow. Okay. Like I've got, I'm going to have to step my game up here. And I, and I really <laughs> did have to, like, it was like, it was okay. I'm going to have to do something about this. And yeah, they're just such a great group of people as well. And just like, and, dedication means a lot i think as well and when you've got a cast who are dedicated to a project obviously not to an extent that you know the obsessive dedication that me and kieran have i, but, uh, I don't know man like some, some the, got involved you know charlie was on about getting a tattoo he was like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's <crew."> awesome. <laughs> yeah, i mean yeah it's like it's like charlie plays uh, uh commander Amund in the film um he's a martial artist and all that sort of stuff he's just like a really great guy and had a really great time doing it and it's we all just we got very 
it, like you say all the time it's a really cliche thing we got really close but it was it was just we got into it and we were spending all this time together and like and also when you fight somebody like when you're like when you're doing a fight scene with somebody that's a level of trust that you put yourself in in the other person that then like when you do any sort of stunt work or anything like that you have to have trust in the person that you're doing things with because things do go wrong but it's when you can you know something happens you get a little bit of a, a dig or something like that or somebody just doesn't pull their punch enough and you get a little bit and it's like and it happens but you've got to be able to dust yourself off work professionally and just be like yeah man it's all good and then do your apologies and all that sort of stuff i i just thought you know, that like we we're saying you know no one there wasn't any actual like injuries on set but i actually was fighting dale at one point oh for fun no this no just for fun when we were doing like a knife fight this was for one of the um, like fighting rehearsals. Basically, we had a bunch of fun props to play with, and, and again, these are like real weapons. And uh, me and Dale were having a little spar with some knives, and I've still got a scar on my stomach from fighting him. Yeah, it was great, and but it was from like all right, it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, because like, even when you're fighting with blunt knives, if they sure. like smash smash against each other they kind of burn so you get these little like hairs oh yeah metal, and, and that you've got just to take a like, file to it all the time yeah. yeah and it just kind of nicked like the top but it was so much fun and that is the kind of stuff that yeah you just get all the time like little scratches and like little kind of bruises and, and stuff like yeah that. so to be fair probably everyone got hurt a little bit <laughs> <laughs> even yeah. even even if it was just emotionally <laughs> um, a flesh to, wound <laughs> yeah but, but obviously nothing you know that we didn't actually have any injuries as proper injuries um okay. apart from yeah. you you had, nah, you had your injury but that that was just me messing about as well to be fair um if yeah i mean yeah what if if you just follow sort of um common sense you're fine yeah. Uh, if you watch the other stunt directors and and like uh, stunt artists backflipping off a trampoline and think that looks really cool, I want to try and do that. That's not a good idea. Don't. You, know, <laughs> you do have to train a little bit before you do that. A little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, but I don't know. I think that I, that's just kind of the vibe of it all. You just see this stuff happening around you, and you're like, wow, this is so much fun. You know, as that that is probably something that I'm guilty of that I should be aware of in the future. Is just like I am the director. I don't actually have to play with all the swords all the time. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> just That's a little bit. Thing. Like Kieran, I literally, I like literally. If Kieran looks to like his right, like behind him and to his right now, there is a bag full of swords under his oh, chair. Yeah. They're just out. They're just out. Look. Wait, <laughs> is that the right way? I don't know. Swords. Oh, you can't see them. There you go. Well, they're there. Oh, my God. They're there. Just chilling. Yeah. Um, and one, I took one of my axes to work with me, who is now quirkly called the manager. So, so. <laughs> what if you want to speak to the manager? Yeah, <laughs> it's I cool. it. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> oh no, no so the, the whole process in general was just so fun and just like yeah. and and also who doesn't want to walk run around with swords and play make-believe who doesn't want to do mm. that it doesn't matter how old you are we we wanted to do that 
the Be cast honest. wanted to do that. The crew wanted to do that. So we did it. And yeah. it's and it was absolutely just such a cool experience. And I recommend anybody to do a fantasy film. Because mm. and also fantasy films aren't meant for people with million like million pound budgets, million dollar budgets. Right. Like we yeah. should be able to have a go at it on the independent side as well. And yeah. it's like it's I use the term all the time, and Kieran's gonna roll his eyes now, but I always say the term we bit off more than we can chew, but we swallowed it. <laughs> <laughs> like we didn't give up. We didn't spit it yeah. out and give up. <laughs> so true. Yeah, man. Just literally, whoever's listening, get a camera, get in the woods, get a sword. Wait, is this a good idea? Uh, and make a film. <laughs> and it'll be fine. It'll all be fine. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm sure walking around with a, a, a wooden stick sword and going out into the yeah. woods is not going to cause too many problems. But then again, you can paint it. You guys are from America, and you guys have got guns, which just scare me. That's yeah. <laughs> Don't do it. A sword any day, it. man. <laughs> oh, it's it's inverted in the states. If you see somebody with a sword, you're going to just cry from fear. If you see somebody with a gun. You're like, <laughs> I might be okay. Like, oh, oh, he's just going to Hobby Lobby. It's fine. <laughs> right, yeah. <he's... laughs> oh, my God. But yeah, somebody with, with a oh. sword, we'd be like, that man's on bath salts. Let's call the cops and have SWAT team. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it would, yeah. Oh, yeah. But if yeah. you see two people with swords, do you go, oh, they're probably making a film? Is that the difference? My jump would be, oh, no, are they LARPing? But oh, yeah, <laughs> lightning. I mean, lightning. That's what we did. And to be fair, we did we did Viking reenactment for a while, which is right. what I like to call hard laughing. Yeah, <laughs> history. Laugh. It is history laugh. That history laugh. Honestly, they think they're so good, but they are laughing. They're all laughing. Man. <laughs> Yeah, just, just did a degree first. It's like you are laughing just about history, which is cool, yeah. man. And I, I enjoyed the time, but you are laughing about history. It's cool. Just, yeah. just admit it. It's cool. I, I enjoy it. I like go and watch a Viking reenactment show, man. It's cool. Like, <laughs> I feel I like know. that's that's there's more of an appreciation for that in the UK or in Europe in general. Yeah, compared to if we saw someone doing that here, I don't think they'd have the. Nerd. as well for reception yeah they, it would be nerd just yelled out constantly um, however if i saw somebody with two swords i didn't see the camera i'd walk up to them and say there could only be one and i would walk away go about my day <laughs> um, that is that is the one <laughs> reference i pull out and just let them let them live with that for the rest of their lives nice. <laughs> nice. I, to, to anybody out there who does think that you know reenactment's a bit nerdy and stuff like that some of the reenactor guys i've seen man I, I would be surprised if you had the balls to go and say oh, that. Yeah. Right. Because, oh, no, my God. Some of the because dudes these in guys the film. fight for fun with yeah. big metal bars for fun. It's like, <laughs> it takes a certain breed of person to do that. And I make no comment about me choosing to do it. So, <laughs> <laughs> and are you look like very had, swift. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, no, I, I'm, I'm considering train LARPing as well. I think it'd be, I think it'd be a right laugh. Go in oh, and yeah. just pretend to be an orc for a bit. Who doesn't want to do that? I don't understand people who don't want to do it. <laughs> I don't. I'm, I'm fully, I'm fully, I'm fully on board with it. <laughs> I, I will drop a, a film recommendation for if you guys haven't seen it, you should definitely watch it. But I had a ton of fun with it. Uh, for those of you listening, look up the Knights of Badastum. With uh, Peter Dinklage and Steve Zahn, and it is one of the best LARPing 
comedy mm. horror films I've ever seen. It's, it's like horror. I've I've seen clips. Yeah, it is like horror. It's like horror stoner LARP comedy. Oh, it's, totally. It's, it's, yeah, that is so cool. Yeah, I love this film. Yeah, honestly, uh, I think it, I think it's on Prime. To be honest. Like, oh yeah, yeah, it is. yeah. yeah. Is there um, anything, I mean, you've got, it's you, interviewing you guys has been the easiest because you basically answered any of the questions we would have asked over the, like, it was great. <laughs> it's uh, been the best. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, no, it's awesome. Um, it's like, Tyler, I don't need to be here. This is awesome. No. <laughs> um, have fun editing that. Sorry. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but do, uh, you know, we should, start to wrap up um is there anything though that you you want to promote specifically outside of Mirlan or or um just like sometimes we ask like a piece of advice that you would give to a listener who's kind of getting into the film you know something you know or just like a, a specific something that you've learned over time that you think is is beneficial to others um, just promotion quick... i mean like all right go on Oh, right, go, go for it. Go. You, you go first. I was just going to do the bit, which is uh, everything we do is open cast. So, like, obviously, if you're in the States, it's quite a long travel. <laughs> but honestly, like, followers, we do our uh, kind of casting call outs. Usually, we stick them on Facebook or something. Um, and we'll use like a, a kind of local platform some, somewhere that anyone can get to. So even if you've never worked before, like as a few of our cast had never acted for film before, or you've done some stage stuff and you want to step into film, or you've got loads of IMDb credits and you're just feeling really generous, like come and audition, send us something, send us an email, chat to us. Yeah, we always, we you know, and, and I think that is also like open to everyone, you know, absolutely any any person who can send an email or has like an idea that they want to send an email and they do it like through their mind or something just come and let us know um, yeah like well, yeah. our inboxes are always open regardless of what it is even if like even if this isn't you've got more questions or anything like that it's like we the reason we started this was to learn from it and kind of create something for the people who are just starting out and just want and don't have a platform to kind of mm sell themselves because obviously it's like so, when you were talking because obviously you you had the talk with alex um mm -hmm. alex clark who was also in merlin um and he and you were talking about i remember the one thing that came out was a lot about the social media stuff and it's like as an actor now it is it's quite it seems like it is one of those things that people feel the need to it, it needs to be a big thing and you need to promote yourself on social media i'll tell you now the only reason i have social media is for that reason Oh, I yes. don't have social media to do anything other than promote myself. It's like, I, of course I sit and scroll. Of course I do all of that. But if I, if I didn't have the acting and stuff like that, I wouldn't have it most likely because I don't think it's a great thing. But one thing, if I'm going to give advice to anybody, it's you do kind of have to stand out. You do have to um, make yourself aware but when you're auditioning for stuff one thing that me and kieran look for more than anything is passion and dedication if you are passionate for something show your passion we had guys who dressed up in costume That's to audition cool. for us 
Yeah, and to send a that, video audition from home. Yeah. 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 It's like we had people who were doing that sort of stuff. Like, yeah, you've got to stand out. Um, but also remember why you're doing it. Remember that you're doing this because you love doing it and keep that passion there. Keep that love of it because the minute the love's gone, you're not going to put in the effort anymore. And if, and if you decide that you don't want to do this anymore and maybe it's like, because let's face it, man, it's difficult to get the jobs. It's so difficult. I've had like, I've been doing this for 10 years on like as much as I possibly can. And I've had like three or four paid jobs. Like it, it, it just, sometimes it just doesn't happen. But when they come around, you are so grateful for them. And you, it almost validates what you're doing. And I understand that. But what I will say is, it's, if money is what validates you doing this, I think you might be in the wrong profession. <laughs> it's because, yeah, you can make a lot of money doing this, but the vast majority of actors make the same that a bartender makes because we, we, we do these jobs and they might come every once every two months, but you might get paid a lot for these jobs. But if you're just doing that, then two months later, you've got no money left because that's your only source of income. And if you want to do it like that, that's cool. But there's no shame working part-time at the same time. There's no shame working full-time at the same time. But just make sure that you're doing it because you actually want to do it. And once you, and when you're out there and, you, and it, it seems really tough and it seems like nothing's there and you can't get these jobs, remember that you could just go out and film your own stuff. Like you could, like, if you want, if you want to do that, I'm sorry, but phone cameras now are as good as you can get most of the time like phone cameras now are really good so if you've got a decent camera on your phone you can make a short film with starring one cast member and you can edit it and you can do all of that learn to edit learn to film yeah. learn to do learn to do other things it's it's there's so many avenues you can go down for example i i run a pub quiz because we're like it's still performing so we i do that mm. and it's finding ways of making your your like you it's like people ask me if I, what do you do and what do you do for a living are two very different questions to me. And it's normally the first thing that people ask you it, and people go, oh, what do you do? So I'd say, oh, what do, are you asking what I do or are you asking what I do to pay my rent? And what I do to pay my rent is I work in a wizard themed cafe and bar. <laughs> so like it's all like wizardy and weird and Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and Pratchett and all that sort of stuff. I work in one of those because... I decided to get out the proper bar trade, shall we say? Because you look like a bit quirky. That's because why you're working. <laughs> yeah, there is that. Hundred percent, that is the reason. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, it is the reason. But yeah, and so I do quizzes and stuff like that. I think as long as you are just do it because you love it. Do it because you don't like. Don't do it just because you want to get paid. We all want to get paid from doing this. It just, it's time. These things take time. If you are an actor now and you are in your twenties most roles don't come till you're in your 30s man like you've got mm. time to hone your craft yeah. go out there do all the jobs that come up if there's a free job and it's it takes you 10 minutes to get there do it if it's a job mm. and it's free and it takes you two hours to get there but you can get the day off work and you don't and you're gonna go down because you want to do it anyway go do it like yeah. why not what's stopping you the only thing that's stopping you is yourself and you should you, you give yourself some credit as well it's difficult pick yourself up it's hard in this industry. I'm not there yet. Kieran's not there yet. Like, yeah, it's just one of those things. But keep at it. Don't give up. And if you do decide to give up, that's okay too. And don't beat yourself up for doing it. And don't say what if. 
Because yeah. if you do say what if, you're not ready to give up. But if you are ready, it, that is also a viable option. But you shouldn't have to, is my point. Always be a performer, no matter what you do. <laughs> there you go. I'll stop talking. Amazing. <laughs> so no, many. beautiful. So yeah. many tidbits. I, love I loved it. it. <laughs> Mate, I, I've I've been through the whole rigmarole of oh my god, I can't do it. What is the I I, I know the the, the pit yeah. that we get ourselves in. I know it very well. We're on first name basis, me and the old pit. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, especially now. I think we that's the uh oh, one of the primary topics of every conversation we have is you know I. I've been, Dale been in the same spot, man. I've been in, as an actor, I've been in the industry for 10 years, you know, before that it was crew. And, uh, you know, at least once every year at the very minimum, you think I just, I, I can't, like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Cause you think of the idea of, of, of making it or having it be your full-time job. Yeah. There's this weird delusion of you have to be a well-renowned high paid performer to have made it. But I think, as long as you're being active in, in your craft and you guys are clearly what you are doing, you know, you're making your own stuff. You've produced your own film. You have, you know, offered opportunities for all these actors who wouldn't have, maybe wouldn't have had anything last year at all. You know, it's just, it's, and it's an unpaid job that is so much more rewarding compared to maybe a job that pays, I don't know what we would make at, at the bar within a day to go up, say two lines, and then leave. I'd rather get unpaid and get the show real. Mm. I will say the one big thing you guys have said through um, like the lower half of this interview, the fact that you gave your performers, you know, show reel files before the film was yeah. even finished um, mm. what was just amazing. So they can have that to, to, you know, send out to agents or get other jobs. That's just fantastic. So I really appreciate you guys. Doing I, I, that. I'd just like to say as well, even just on that, even if there are any like filmmakers out there um when you have actors audition for you give them feedback if they if everybody totally. who didn't get a role who auditioned for us got feedback every single yeah. one of them and it was if they, yeah, if they, yeah if they sent like a filmed audition and stuff and that, that was a lot you know there was a lot of emails but mm. it's important it's definitely important because you, yeah. you need to just remind people that there is another person at yeah. the other end of that you know yeah. they don't wait for, yeah don't wait for them to ask for feedback you just give it them like if yeah. they didn't get a role, tell don't necessarily tell them why, but tell them what they can improve. Tell them what you like, because it's also it's all opinion is all subjective anyway. So it's like just because I didn't think you were right for this part, that doesn't mean that if somebody else was making this film, you could have been right for it. It's it's all subjective, mm. and it's and also obviously the given. You got to learn how to deal with rejection in this game. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Yeah, but it's all improving. Oh, yeah. It's all improving, yeah. isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's just it's just time. Everything comes with time. And eventually, your time will come. You just gotta mm -hmm. wait. Just what depends on what you think success is. For me, if I've made it, if I can pay my rent, and my bills, and I'm acting to do that, I've made it. That's all I want. Yeah. I don't need. I don't need a flash car. I don't need anything like that. I'm quite happy. Like I'm. I just want to be able to make the same amount I make from the bar in acting. That's it. Mm. And that, that's me. After that, if it all comes great after that, amazing. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to say no, but I, I don't need it. Yeah. I, I need to act for the rest of my life. I couldn't stop. I, I know for a fact I can't. But if it comes to a point where I have to focus on a career a bit more, that isn't that, just to be able to pay my rent and stuff, 
I will consider it. But at the same time, you think I'm not going to do that at the amateur stage? You think I'm not going to go and do amateur theatre? You think I'm not going to do independent film? Of course I am. Mm. So it's never going to stop. And it won't stop ever because I'm either going to get paid or I'm not. And and I'm yeah, I'm I'm very adamant that I'm going to be paid at some point and it's going to be my full-time career. But right yeah. now it's not. <laughs> we'll get it, man. We'll get and, there. Uh, and that's that's what this is all about, isn't it? It's 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 just progressing. It's making that next step into what you want to do. Um mm. and and yeah, just reminding yourself how much you want to do it and why you want to do it. You know, if you spend all of lockdown thinking when is the theater coming back then you need to be on that stage man <laughs> that's yeah. that's what you've been missing you know yeah. don't don't ignore that mm. agreed Absolutely. man agreed thank you guys thank you uh, no you're very welcome <laughs> this is wonderful we really uh we love getting random emails to Instagram messages from people we've never met and, and talk to them for two hours. It's awesome. Um, yes. Yeah. So listeners, thank you again for, for hanging out with us. Uh, we hope you enjoyed. Um, please continue to uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram um, at PWRP podcast. Uh, we uh, also appreciate all likes, subscribes, supports, uh, vocal uh, exclamations anything um that that gets uh our podcast out there <laughs> Tyler. um and yeah share us with your friends uh family all that fun stuff um and yeah tyler <laughs> i'm just imagining somebody giving us a vocal exclamation just shouting street, walking down the and street. no one would listen know. to pwrp yeah. podcast <laughs> five stars <laughs> um, yes. I know a good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that man has a sword. Kids, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, what, what was what is my spiel? God, I completely forgot what I was going to say. Oh, um, yes. So much like these wonderful gentlemen here, if you would like to uh, join us on this podcast, share your story, whether you're somebody who is uh, new to the industry, someone who's working on their career, or a complete veteran, we'd love to sit down and talk to you. Uh, just send us an email at pwrp.pod at gmail.com, or it seems like Instagram's working pretty darn well. So you can send us an Instagram message, um, maybe comment on something, letting us know that you sent us a message, since it'll go yeah, to, go you know, general requests. It takes a few days. Yeah. 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 So we would love to uh, sit down and talk to you. We are over a year into this project and we're only going to grow from there. So, yeah, uh, I think on that note, we have our awkward goodbye to wrap up this episode i know you guys may have listened did you listen to all of uh all of alex's episode yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. okay okay so this is uh the wayne's world countdown i'm countdown silently from three down to one point at you guys and the second i point we're going to do just an awkward verbal or maybe even a non-verbal goodbye it's up to you just remember non-verbal no one's going to see it but we're going <laughs> to enjoy it uh, <laughs> so on that note we have Bye. Megan. Bye. Bye. See you around. <laughs> <laughs>